As the door slammed shut behind me, panic set in for a second because I wasn't entirely sure I wanted to be free. But that was when I saw it. Outside. Not the exercise yard, which was the only outside I usually got to see, but freedom. The January sun was shining. There were no walls with barbed wire on the top, just a clear open view of a road and a yellow cab parked a hundred yards away, obviously waiting to pick me up and take me to my new place. Nervous excitement built in my stomach. I shouldered my bag, which contained the only possessions I had to my name, a few sets of clothes and one photograph of my little sister, Sophie. As I took the first few steps away from the gates, my heart was beating out of my chest. It felt weird to be walking away from the place I had considered home for the last few years. I was waiting for the alarms to sound and someone to tackle me to the ground and start smashing me with a baton. They didn't. I walked quickly toward the waiting cab. I didn't look back. I'd never look back. This was my fresh start. This place had saved me, and I was hoping that it had changed my life and had at least given me a fighting chance. I didn't want to go back to the life I'd led before all this happened. I couldn't live like that any longer. I was determined to change. Hey, kid, someone shouted just as I pulled the cab door open. I turned around, and my heart dropped down to my feet as I spotted a familiar figure just getting out of a shiny black Mercedes that was parked across the road and down a little way. Ed? I hadn't seen this guy since I was sent down, and I didn't want to see him now. Ed jogged over and pulled me into a hug, slapping my back enthusiastically. Good to see you again. He greeted me happily. Ed looked no different than I remembered. He was still a smarmy, overdressed jackass. What are you doing here? I asked, flicking my eyes around nervously. I didn't even want to be seen talking to guys like this again. Boss wants to see you. Ed nodded toward the car about thirty feet away from the cab that I was so desperately trying to get into. I can't right now. I need to go get checked into my new place, I rejected, trying to think of a better excuse but I knew it was useless. If Brett Reyes wanted to see me, he'd see me conscious or unconscious. Ed smiled. Boss wants to see you now, kid. You can check into your place later. He turned and walked off toward his car without looking back. A scowl slipped onto my face. I hated being called kid. They'd all called me that when I worked for Brett. I guess it was because when I started working for him, that's what I was. I was 11 years old the first time I did a job for him, dropping a manila envelope full of cash through the window of a parked cop patrol car. Bribe money. The cops turned a blind eye to his activities, and in return they got a nice little payout. Perfect. I closed my eyes and sighed dejectedly before leaning into the cab and smiling apologetically at the driver. Sorry, I won't be needing you. I didn't wait for an answer. Just slammed the door and followed behind Ed, climbing into the passenger side of the Mercedes. I felt sick. There was no way out of this. I probably wasn't going to survive the rest of the day. So much for the fresh start I wanted. I wasn't even going to see the sunset. To say that my life sucked right now would be the understatement of the century. Resting my head back against the expensive leather, I looked out the window, watching the streets change and turn more urban as we headed deeper into New York City and toward, I assumed, Queens, where Brett usually conducted his business. I sighed inwardly and wondered why I dared to hope that things could be different. There was no way Brett would let me live. I knew too much about him. The things I knew could put him away for years, but I would never tell. I'd been offered a deal so many times when I was going down. Reduced sentence, a high-class juvie instead of the crap hole I was sent to, even a cushy little job when I was inside, 
but I never once considered turning state's evidence and standing against him. Never. About 40 minutes later, we pulled up to the warehouse that I had spent so much time in as an adolescent. The place hadn't changed at all. My stomach clenched as I thought about what was probably going to happen to me inside. I just prayed that it would be quick and painless. Brett surely respected me that much, at least. Come on then, kid, let's go, Ed urged, climbing out of the car. The sounds of the angle grinders and welders from the warehouse chop shop were like familiar music to my ears. I'd spent way too many hours of my childhood here, learning how to remove serial and chassis numbers so that we could sell the cars that I stole to order. I was the best car thief in Brett's organization. People placed their orders, Brett found the cars, and I stole them. Easy. I'd never even come close to being caught. We didn't steal any old car, though. They had to be top-end. We didn't take anything worth less than a hundred thousand.